Hey, welcome to another edition of the Big Joel Podcast. Today, very exciting day for me because I've got one of my friends, but he's not only my friend, he's the number, I don't even know, I'm going to let him tell us in a little bit, he's the number something very high in the country, loan officer. For those of you who don't know what a loan officer is, those are people that do residential mortgages for people that need to buy houses. And uh, the average loan officer, just so you know, I think closes, does maybe two loans a month, maybe on average, maybe three to 36 loans a year. This guy, Andrew Marquis in Boston, is a great story, not just because he does tons of loans, but he's a great story because he totally morphed and changed his business. It's something I want to talk to him about today because he didn't start off doing tons of loans with agents. He started off doing it a different way and was smart enough, and I think he's kind of crazy, crazy enough to completely turn his business around and get to the top of the heap real quick. So today, I've got Andrew Marquis with me. Uh, he's 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 on video. He's on Skype. That's another story for another time. And uh, so he's live with me in the studio, but not really here, uh, from the Boston metro area. Andrew works for Guaranteed Rate. You've probably seen their commercials. I think they're G-Rate, right, on the commercials, but the Guaranteed Rate. And uh, Andrew, tell us a little bit about, um, first of all, just tell everyone, because a lot of people listening to this are going to be mortgage and real estate people. So just sure. just brag, give me the quick brag, 2016, 2017, just give me your numbers real quick. And you know I'm a unit guy. You know I don't care sure. about the volume. Sure, you don't care about the Give me the numbers. units. Yeah, no. That's right. How could I live up to that intro, Joel? That was great. That's um, right. So yeah, so I would say in uh, both years I closed about 660 transactions. So it ends up being about 55 to 60 a month, something like that. Um, the volume tally was $252 million in 16. 278 million in 2017. Where'd that put you on the big boy chart for 2017? Uh, I think it was number seven on the Scotsman Guide. Excellent. And within <laughs> within guaranteed rate? Number two. Number two. And we're going to talk about that number two for a minute because you are so competitive that uh, we want to talk about that. Because the other thing I want to share with you today, when we start talking, all you mortgage people that are listening, and I hope you're listening and you're going to need to take some notes, is that this guy doesn't have a whole hit squad of loan officers taking loans in his name. This guy's closing 50-plus loans a month on average, and he's originating them himself. Yes, of course he has support staff that he delegates to, but the actual originating the loan, he's doing it. So every loan that he closes, he originated. So that's why you really want to pay attention today because you're going to get some great nuggets of how to build out an origination business uh, and have a great time doing it and have super happy clients and very happy referral partners. So, Andrew, you know, just with that as a sort of as a layup, just overall, tell me what you think about the business, what you what you how you uh, feel about it. 2018, where you think it's going? And then I want to get into exactly what you do. Yeah. So it's around here, Joel. It's a very challenging market right now. Um, <clears throat> with interest rates going up, it seems that every transaction is highly competitive. You know, there's a lot of lenders vying for that same piece of business. Um, but I think it ultimately comes down to the relationship with the referral partner. So um, when you talked in the intro about my transition to purchase business, it's heavily focused on the referral partner. You know, it's important that the customer have a great experience and be happy. That's a given. But to really um, wow that referral partner and treat them like gold because they're the ones that are going to keep coming back and back and back with questions and more clients and referrals. And so that's really where I focus uh, majority of my attention in my day is in that referral partner. 
Now, you know, I tell loan officers all the time when I'm doing training and coaching or whatever, I say when a real estate agent looks at you, what they're thinking subconsciously is a combination of every dummy, unprofessional loan officer that they have ever dealt with. So the second you open their mouth, they're already thinking, he's not going to return my calls. He's going to disappear. My file's going to close late. My customer's going to be mad. It's going to be a cluster you-know-what. And and, <laughs> right. and I've been coaching and, and mentoring agents since 1997. I'm not making this up. This is what they think. So when loan officers think, when they sit down with their cool brochures and everything for their coffee meetings and they just sit down and go for the jugular right away, they don't really understand that the agents are looking at them like they're insane. Like yeah. literally, I, you can keep talking all you want. I don't care because people do business with people they like, correct? Yeah, and that's where exactly. it sounds like where you're going. So, you know, tell tell everyone, you know, this I get asked this question all the time because I teach the same stuff that you're killing right now, the relationship sure. stuff. And people are always like, Well, how do you do it? And I always answer, Well, it's kinda hard actually, because you actually kinda have to like people. You can't hate yeah, people. Yeah, Talk about yeah. that a little bit. You, you really have to understand that everyone, like with the referral partner, Joel, they're trying to achieve something to benefit them and their client. At the end of the day, you know, I may do a lot of volume and a lot of units, but they really don't care about that. That's me. That's not them. So you always have to kind of put yourself in that person's position. And, you know, it seems like they're always dealing with a high level of stress, whatever it is. And I think the easier you can try to see their side of it, and try to help them through that issue and navigate that channel, um, the better off you're going to be, you know, versus just sort of not picking up their phone call. You know, and, and the thing I like to say is you're only as good as the last deal you closed, right? So, you know, I have a real so true. that's referred me yeah. 100 deals. If I screw up the 101st deal, I'm, I'm axed, you know? Back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I talked to my processor the other day, and we were having a bit of a challenge with a file, and she said, no, no, we'll fix it this way. And she goes, come on, Andrew, you know we never deny loans. And it's true. I mean, in a year, if we take, you know, if we close 660 loans, we literally might take 664 loans. Like, they don't go past me unless they're going to close. So the way I have it set up is I'll pre-approve that client. I screen the credit, screen the income, ask all the challenging questions, pick out any snafus that are possibly going to exist in that processing of that loan. And then my sales assistant does the same thing. And then the processor does the same thing. So that loan is literally not getting downstream if there's a potential challenge forthcoming. Um, and I think that's critical. You know, I think it's just you take that loan, the, you, you take the extra time up front to set it up well. I want to interrupt yeah. you right there, okay? What you just said, we can stop the podcast right now. We can end it. If people just literally did what you just said to do, and by the way, that blew by almost everybody. If you take the time to set it up correctly up front, game, set, match, correct? One of the yeah, biggest it, problems I see with loan officers is they throw crap in and pray. Correct. Yes, correct. And I, wanted, I just want to make sure everyone heard that. Yeah, That's a huge one. No, and I feel like it... To take that extra five to 10 minutes on the front end, Joel, and really screen the loan. And then not only ex uh, screen it, but explain it. Tell the story to the next person downstream. Because if you don't tell them, you know, I've already collected X, Y, and Z documents. You know, they're changing employment. You know, they're changing in two weeks, but they have an offer letter. You know, we're writing a delayed employment loan. So, Andrew, tell, this, tell yeah. me in your system, okay, and it does. everyone has different software, but do you tell the story? Are you are you 
really putting significant notes in your system so everyone can read the notes? Are you old schooling it on a file? How are you? How are you telling old, the story? Uh, I'm generally old school. It's funny that's okay. You say no, that. it's so it's like, okay. Yeah, like yeah. I don't really use a CRM. There's a lot of stuff that I need to put into place, Joel. Uh-huh. But like I use Outlook. You know, so all my appointments, all my calls, everything is just an Outlook. And Me too. <laughs> Yeah, and when I type notes on a file, it's in Outlook. It's in an email. Now, we have a conversation log. So um, the way I work is anything that comes in via email, whether it's my notes, borrower documentation, it all has to be immediately uploaded to the portal. So we have a secure portal here for all the files that all the processors can access. And I say, put it in there because I don't want the client coming. Oh, I already sent Andrew my W-2. The first place the processor looks for anything is in that portal. We call it transfer safe. And so everything goes in there and it avoids the duplicate requests. It avoids the, you know, client not, you know, feeling like they're having to tell the same story twice. So I'm very much an old school guy. But again, I I just think setting up the file properly on the front end and making sure the next person in that process understands everything. uh, Loans are just going to fly through. You know, you can't close 55, 60 loans a month, whatever that number is, without that kind of assembly line. You know, um, yes, you could do three or four haphazardly, but you can't have a high volume if loans are going this way and that way and sideways and backwards. You know, you've yeah. really and got the, to have. And the time up front, I find, I tell the story all the time. Um, I'm not going to say this person's name because a lot of people might know this person, but someone that I work with one on one, and I was having a meeting with him and his LOA. And he does a fair amount of business, and his LOA is fairly highly compensated. So she's doing a little bit more the normal LOAs would be almost partnering with him a little bit. So very, very busy. And we were sitting at lunch and I looked over at her and I said, so um, are there some things that, you know, Mr. X over here could do better? And she kind of went, you know, she didn't want to say anything. And I said, come on, come on. You can, you can, you can tell me it's okay. And, you know, he said, it's okay. And she said, well, you know, um, when Mr. X gets um, the employment information, um, if there's if there's another employer, you know, if there's if it's within twelve months, there's another employer. He doesn't give me that much much information. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And she said, well, I said, so you got to get it all. And I said, or does he give you like the eye of IBM and let you guess off the eye? And she kind of just chuckled a little bit, okay. And and she said, well, she kind of went, well, sort of. You know, she was very uncomfortable, okay. And he turned to her and he looked at her very nicely, not meanly, and said, hey, listen. I need you to get that. I I pay you a lot of money. You know, I just need you to get that so I can get more loans. Right. So I right. said to her, hey, that's great. You guys can do your business rules however you want. Hey, LOA, how long does it take to get that? And she looked yep. at me and she said, oh, 35, 40 minutes. And I just turned my whole body back to the loan officer wow. and I said, so you're complaining that you can't get over 20 loans a month. Because your LOA is so busy and something that could have taken you literally 20 seconds to get from the borrower, she's spending 40 minutes tracking down because you gave her the eye of IBM. She's trying to do LinkedIn and all this other stuff because she doesn't want to call the client again. And he, and he, he. He 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 looked at me and he went, "Yeah, I'll be getting that from now on." Meaning, meaning it's just it's what you're saying. Do it right up front. Take ten minutes. Take and my business was like yours, Andrew. I would take if I took forty loans, I closed forty loans. You know, if they went through, right. that's what I closed. You know, that's that's how I did it. But I spent right. the time up front when I handed it in, unless there was you know fraud in there or a bad VOE or low appraisal. Appra- appraisal, right. no touchy. Right. 
I know, I know that's going. So just to recap, yeah. I want to come back on something because you blew, you blew by it really quick, and it was important. And if you're not listening the right way, you didn't hear it. You said understanding what the agent is thinking, understanding how their business is running. Again, most loan officers, they, they don't, they're not getting that. So they're operating in a way they don't understand. You know, first of all, their client is their agent partner. And, and and they don't understand that maybe that referral that you got, that, that loan that you're doing, they might have referred 10 people to that agent, 10 people to them. That's how important that this is not one transaction. This is 10, 11. This is a whole referral network. And you have right. to operate as such. And I heard you say it. You said it fast. I just wanted to come back and say it again because a lot of loan officers, when I'm doing coaching and whatever, they're not totally getting that. They're not in right. the agent's head. I don't know if you have anything else on that to sort of unpack. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's the agent. It's really like the, the term we used to use. And I think when I worked with you at a prior company, it was ensure the commission for the agent, right? The agent just Absolutely. wants to know that you have that deal. And so like the way I position it with my agents, I say, look, when you get me the deal, you know the deal is going to close. And they sit there and they nod their head because it always does. We get it done. It's good communication. It's done. But then I partner with them, Joel, and I say, well, how can we increase and get you more leads? You know, whether it's we're going to you know, do some sort of seminar, we're going to do some kind of business planning, or we're going to you know, partner up on Zillow or something like as much as I, I'm not a huge Zillow person. But um, in any event, you know, there's, there's ways to partner with that agent um, to try to increase their business so you can ensure even more of their commission. And that's really what they're looking for. You know, they don't care that you know, I did 600 loans. They, they really, that's not of interest to the realtor. Well, you know, good agents that understand the value of partnering with a good loan officer knock it out of the park. And there are agents that go through their whole career and never truly partner with a loan officer. They don't. And when you're partnering, you're you're you're, you're working together, and and really really great things happen. So so far we got we we we've relationship. I'm, I'm taking some notes. The the upfront thing is phenomenal, and and yep. and if I'm in a room of fifty loan officers. And one person spends the extra time up front. I mean, most of the time, loan officers are thinking, hey, I'm too busy to do that. You guys just deal with it later. Meanwhile, they take two minutes on the front and it takes nine hours on the back to clean it up. They could have right. set it up for 20 minutes and you get zero hours on the back. Right. Because you, because you set it right. up correctly. And, and I want everyone to understand, this is a guy doing 50 loans a month. So don't blow the stuff at me that you're too busy. Okay. This is also a guy that doesn't have nine LOAs, everybody. Okay. He does not. All right. So don't also think, oh, the only way he could be doing that is because he has nine LOAs. He does not, everyone. So this is a, I love having him on my show because everyone can originate loans like Andrew Marquis. He doesn't have a whole hit crew. He's not cheating with other LOs taking loans that are closing in his name. He's doing it and you can do it too. I also had communicate, which again is another choke point for so many loan officers. Can't tell you on the one-on-one coaching I do, Andrew, when the LOAs, when I get them alone in the room and they're like, yeah, if we just knew what he was thinking, <laughs> we could get so much more done. And then they're all talking to each other. And then the next person doesn't know. And then this person didn't know that, you know, they're getting a gift from Uncle Billy. It's not from Uncle Max. It's from Uncle Billy. You know, whatever it is, they're chasing right. their tail. Beca- right. And it all starts with the loan officer. Because he didn't tell. Yeah. He played keep away. Right. You know? Right. And, and, right. and, you know, what I heard you say was, is, hey, guys, you want to close a lot of loans? You better be communicating. 
Right. Correct? Totally. I, I think communication is the key in really anything in life, Joel. It is. In the file. Yeah. And the other thing I want to make sure everyone heard is, is you're not using anything fancy. So don't listen to this podcast and say, oh, well, I don't have this kind of software, so I can't do it. Andrew Marquis, people, is using Outlook. He does it the way I do it. He's using right. Outlook in his email. Everyone has note, Outlook and in email. Pad. And a right. what? And a notepad, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. A notepad. Yeah, a notepad. notepad, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm all about that. So so relationship up front, communicate. What else? These people are listening. They're in a tough market. They yeah. all think their rates are high. It doesn't matter where you work. They think their yeah. rates are high because yeah, yeah. they're competing against guys like you. It's really tough right now, Joel, and the rates are ugly. So the best way I say to get around that is sell payment. You know, and I've always been a payment guy back to like the old refi days before we were doing all purchase business. And so when I take a loan, you know, customer gets their offer accepted, whether it's email or we set up a call, I'm just harping on the payment. I'm not even talking about the rate. The rate is the last thing I talk about. So, you know, someone uh, last night got their offer accepted. I went over all the details. I said, your payment's going to be $2,700 a month. I said, that includes the taxes. It includes the PMI. I said, once you pay the loan amount, the PMI is going to come off. It's $120 a month. How does that sound to you? And they said, oh, that sounds very reasonable. That's within our budget. Oh, and uh, by the way, what's the rate? Well, oh, the rate's 4.75. Oh, you know, they say, well, why Why is that? It's too always high? too high, right? It's always it's too always, high. Yeah, yeah, no matter what it is, it's always too high. And I say... Well, you know, the good news is we can lock the loan so it won't go any higher. You know, rates are continuing to trend higher. We can secure that rate for you. And I say, but you know what? If the rates come back down, we do offer a float down policy so we can protect you if the rate comes down. But at least if we lock the 475, the rates are five and a quarter next week, you're protected. And they said, well, you know, 475. And I said, but you just said the payment was very comfortable for you. Isn't the payment more important than the rate? They say, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. The payment is good. And I say, it's fixed. There's no prepayment penalty. You can always refinance the loan. And I say, yeah, yeah, you know. And I said, we're going to give you a seamless process. You sell service again. And by the end of it, you know, they're ready to move forward. You know, it's really that simple. Um, I try to sell them as best as I can on that first attempt, Joel, and get them to lock and commit and move forward. You're not going to win everyone, but I find the people that shop it, it's very hard because everyone's, you know, clawing and grabbing to close a loan right now. I mean, everyone's really, and so like, you know, some of these people, like they'll leave you for $200 off on an appraisal, you know, something very minimal. And if you're not the last guy in, it's easy to lose those deals. So I really try to like close it. And then the other thing I would say is like right now, market conditions around here, it's out of control. You know, we're in Boston. Um, We're really selling probably six months of the year. The other six months, it's either raining or snowing. So it's out of control. And there are clients that you're not going to win. You're just not going to get that loan. No matter what you tell them, they're going to go with an internet lender out of California. Don't waste your time. Don't keep going back to that person. Give it the best effort you can and move on to something else more productive. You know, don't dwell on that. So, so, so that's another, that's, that's a great message as well. Uh, just to recap that, that's move on people. You know, one of the biggest problems, biggest challenges, uh, Andrew, for people is, you know, they're not closing a lot of loans. So they get so tied up in that one loan uh, because they've calculated their commission on it. They spend so much time on it. Meanwhile, they could have went and got another one uh, because they right. didn't move on. Right. And and the reality of it is, is you and I know <clears throat> they were never getting it. You were never going to get it. You know, you know you're when you're not getting get it. it. No, but you no. know that client when you're like, okay, this is never happening. I can call corporate right. and ask for I can ask for one percent thirty year fixed, and I'm still not getting. 
They're right. still going to go find someone that will give them seven ace. You know, I mean, right. they're, they're not you're not getting it. And it being able to identify those people and move on. Yeah. I mean, time is our biggest issue, too, Joel. And so the more time you spend, whether it's fixing the file that you didn't set up correctly to begin with, trying to sell the customer that would never go with you anyway, all those things, it's not just the time involved dealing with it. It also derails your head from what you should be doing. You know, if you're supposed to be doing sales activity, building relationships, setting up appointments, doing that kind of and you've got in the back of your head, oh, my gosh, I have the problem with this income on this loan that I didn't look at correctly up front. Or, oh, my gosh, I got to call this person that I've called 12 times in the last two days to try to sell them again. Just not worth it. You know, spend your effort on something more productive. Yeah. And, and you know, again, it's another thing that I say to loan officers all the time. I say your job is actually not to do loans. Doing loans is an ancillary part of your job. Your job is to find people who know people who need loans, become best friends with those people, and get them to refer the people that need loans to you. Your job is to get the loans. Doing them, you better know how to do. It's getting them. That's the hard part. And if you're in the office all day trying to do a very hairy loan (laughs) that's extremely hard, that's taking forever, where the people are shopping you at the same time, you're certainly not getting anything. Do you agree with that? Correct. 100%. You're getting getting nothing. Yeah. No, it's about – and the other thing is, like, you've got to be hungry when you're full, Joel. So, like, you take people like – you know, there's never, like, a time when I'm not trying to – you know, every single day I come in, people say, well, how do you do those numbers? I I lock three loans every day. Now, granted, there's some days where I lock eight, nine loans in a day, but you know what? The next day, I probably lock five. I don't go in and say, oh, I can, you know, take the next two days off because I just locked nine. You know, you just have to always have that momentum moving forward and never, never feel like satisfied. You know, it's it's uh, a good analogy would be like you know the real estate agents around here. You know, they just leave from like Christmas to the end of January. Check out, they're gone. Just take yeah. off. They're in you know down in Florida enjoying yeah. the humidity or yeah. something, and they take off and then they come back. You know, and they come March and I talk to them and say, well, I'm really stressed out. And I said, well, what are you stressed about? So well, I don't have anything in process right now. And I said, well, you know, every year you take that six week vacation. <laughs> Shocker. <And I> said, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like for me, I take a lot of vacations, but they're probably, you know, long four day weekends, you know, five days at the most. For me, I feel like when I'm away a week, two weeks, I just get so far pulled out of it. um, It just doesn't work. So So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Tell people. So you're closing on average, call it 50 loans a month. And for yeah. a prior conversation you and I had, we, we need to get that number up, let's just say. We, we need to we get do. that number up. <laughs> um, I am personally not satisfied with that number. I'd like to right. see 80. I know you can do it. On right. average. I know you got right. it in you. So sure. uh, tell people what you, what is, Andrew Marquis, you're married, right? Yep. And how many kids? Three and a five-year-old, two. Three and a five-year-old. Okay. Yep. Busy, yep. busy, 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 right? Busy. How far, yep. how far do you, how far is your office from your house? I'm just curious. So my office is probably about four and a half miles from my house. Okay. There's no highway. It's just a back road. So it's very okay. convenient. Yeah. So, Again, so time, tell people, time. give people a glimpse into Andrew Marquis, sort of a normal Monday through Friday, but let's do it like when the kids are in school, not over the summer. Okay. So what yeah, what does your so day I look like? Say, yeah, like a typical day for me, I, I wake up, you know, probably around like 6.30, which I know is pretty late, sometimes 6, you know, and then I typically We won't, get we on won't the tell Jocko. We'll just, we won't tell him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I typically plug into the computer, Joel, around 7, and that's more or less like email catch-up from stuff that came in overnight. But let me ask it's one more of... personal question, okay? Yeah. While you're doing the business that we all do when we wake up, are you already in your email? 
be honest. No, you're not no, yet. No, okay, no, 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 so no, no, you're really no, no, no. not looking. It's Andrew I, what, time what I've, till what seven. I found, yeah, what I've found, Joel, is that if you start the email like the second your eyes open, it gets you like it gets me anyway. Very anxious. <laughs> I start thinking of all these things I have to do, yeah. and I'm not really yet mentally prepared for it. So like the first half hour of the day is you know shower, you know doing all those those ancillary things that we all do. And then, you know, maybe having a, you know, a, a coffee or, you know, something to eat and give yourself like a half hour, 40 minutes to really wake up and be in the right state of mind. Then start the email. I found that like, you know, having an iPad on my nightstand and start looking at it the second that's I don't think that's good. First of all. So so before you so in a school situation, you said three and five. Is that kindergarten or is that kindergarten so, in September? Um, in September. Okay, September. So, but are you on the drop? Do you drop anyone at uh, preschool? Do you, are you dropping anyone anywhere? Lately, no. So my okay. wife's at home, Joel. My wife works one day a week. Okay. Um, and so sometimes I would do the morning drop. Lately, I haven't been doing it as much, but we have to do parent helper days. It's a co-op school for the preschool. Okay. So in a week or two, I have a half day coming up where I sit in the class with all the kids the whole day and just read with them and play and help the teacher. So, um, you know, I, I like to look at it. I probably work realistically 50, 50, 55 hours a week. You know, I'm not working 100 hours a week. But again, I want to interrupt this for an important announcement. When Andrew Marquis says he's working for 55 hours, people, listen to me. He's actually working. He's not pounding donuts and cruising the halls. He's actually working. And if you actually work 55 hours a week, you can get a lot done, can't you? Totally. If you're actually working. Sorry, keep going. I just wanted people to understand that because some people say, oh, I'm working 80 hours a week. and I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll go watch them. They're working 20 hours. Yeah. I mean, like my father, he worked for uh, General Electric for 35 years. And Joel, he never missed a day of work. Like literally, I don't think ever. Like if he was sick, he's he going to work. Like, yeah. there's, there's no such thing as like taking a day off. Now, yeah. granted, when he worked, it was nine to five. Right. There wasn't an iPhone following you around all day, but right. I think I learned from him those habits. You know, he was very habitual with like, you know, his morning routine, his evening routine. You know, not all of it was good, but at the same time, I got ingrained in me that like this is, yes, we have flexibility. Yes, you know, I'm taking my family to Charleston for Memorial Day weekend for five days just to enjoy life. Yes, we can do that when we want. But that doesn't mean that we're not in the office, you know, a, a, a huge amount of hours and working and and really working, you know, not just again, you locked three yesterday. I don't need to work the next two days. We, we don't work that way at all. You know, and <laughs> by the way, do. by the way, if you're going to Charleston, you know, I don't know if you follow my Instagram or not, but Lewis yeah. Barbecue. Let me say that again. Lewis right. Barbecue. As all for right, the no, burnt ends, good. they are not on the menu. You will be glad that I sent you there. Lewis besides, Barbecue. yes, okay. besides all the all other right. cool places. So cool. you you do some stuff in the morning. It sounds like you're, the kids are up or whatever. Your wife's at, at home on duty for that right now. But you're about she to is. start experiencing kindergarten where they have different schedules. So you could you could get a drop off or something. Okay. I and might, then yeah. what time do you normally roll in or roll where you go? Do you ever do, you know, what I like to call B2Bs, which would be, you know, a breakfast with a partner in the morning? Do you normally autopilot right to your office? What does it look like? Yeah. So every day I have something on the calendar, Joel, and that's uh, so I have a business development person. So anytime anyone emails me and wants to get together or I decide, hey, I want to reach out to this agent and catch up, I have her do all of that. And she makes my calendar. Part of my challenge lately is she's had like 
two and three things booked every day. And it's, it's, for me, it's not just the hour you're in the appointment. It's the half hour driving there, the half hour driving back, the catch up in the two hours that you missed. So I did tell her during the spring market right now, I'm down to just one thing a day. You know, it can't be like, you know, morning, noon and night stuff going on. But right. like, for example, I'm meeting with a realtor tonight. We're doing a buyer boot camp. Okay. And what he and I felt was good about that was we could market to new buyers, you know, anyone that we could get to come in and say, hey, how do you compete in this competitive environment in Boston with low inventory sellers market, but also get all of his buyers that are currently pre-approved. You know, we've got like 20 or 30 that we're working with and we could kill, you know, 30, 30 birds with one stone and kind of talk about like contingencies. You know, do you maybe waive your inspection? Do you do a pre-inspection? So tell me you again, know, what, what did you call that? You call that a buyer, buyer boot camp? Buyer, buyer boot camp. Yeah. Okay. So to try to get buyers like really understanding what this market is versus having 40 different conversations and having no success, you know, get them all in a room, go through it with all of them. And then hopefully after that, they're more, um, you know, set to go and, and get that offer accepted, you know, make a, a competitive offer. So it sounds work. like it's a more locked down um, what a lot of people call home buyer seminars. This is yeah. really beyond. This is beyond that, really. Yeah, it's a little yeah. more dialed in. We just felt like the home buyer seminar was so cliche that we were trying to do something a little bit more different, uh, a little bit unique. And, you know, we'll have food and drinks. And so every day I have stuff like that. You know, there might be um, not every night, but, you know, sometimes it might be a lunch. And it's not always a real estate agent. It could be a, an insurance person. It could be a financial advisor. It could be an accountant troll. Um, you know, and again, when you have those meetings, it's not how can you send me more mortgage business? It's how can we help one another? And so like, you know, I had a recent meeting with a financial advisor yesterday and it was like, how can we um, do more together? And, you know, my idea was, um, you know, I'm, again, I'm very busy with the, with that volume, but it was, we set everything up like a process. And I said, what if we made a post-closing email that went to that borrower and it was sort of steps after closing, congratulations on your new home, just want to reiterate, this is this is when your first payment is due. This is how you're going to be contacted for those payments. You know, now that you're in the home and, and you've you've obtained this large asset, it might be a great time to talk with a financial advisor about protecting that asset, about setting things up if you're deciding to build a family. And, you know, and it, not every client's going to call the financial advisor because some are already going to have one. But I think it's a nice post-closing touch. And then that advisor is going to get some calls. And, you know, what? he's going to be able to refer me some of his clients. So you've always got to be thinking creatively of how you can grow the business. Like even at whatever level you're at, you have to be doing that. The bottom line is the top three most stressful things in life are death of a family member, um, divorce, or buying or selling a house. Okay. I mean, they want to talk to somebody somewhere in the process. Yeah, maybe in Seattle with a bunch of, uh, you know, incredibly, <laughs> you know, technological, you know, people that never want to speak to a human being or, you know, just a tech center, fine. But the rest right. of the world, they want to they want to talk to someone. And so, you know, when you bring new people in, one of the problems in, in, in our business right now is that there's not a lot of great, you know, sales leaders, sales managers for people to even learn so they don't come in. If you're a new person, you're coming in to this, whether you're young or even older, uh, and you're changing careers, give me some a couple of nuggets that you would give that person from your point of view how to get going. And then the second started, question, yeah. the second question, by the way, is going to be, you're in this business, you're closing two to three loans a month, you can't get past it, you know, and sure. yet you think you're working 80 hours a week and every loan is on fire. So give me number yeah. one first. You're coming in, 
brand new. Yeah, you got licensed. So I would say the big thing is lean and mean, Joel. So right, have your expenses as low as possible because I feel like when you're in sales and you have that burden of expenses, you're you're almost not selling in the best interest of the customer. You have too much pressure to try to support yourself. So I think if you can get in and have very low expenses somehow, um, I think that's critical. And I think you know, knowing your guidelines, you know, I have a sales assistant that started two months ago. He's in the next room right now. He was a rental real estate agent and he was just tired of, you know, working the two months a year when everyone renews their lease and grinding right. it out. And, you know, he did all the training, Joel, but I said, you, you know, that's like going to school. You only use so much of it. And he really sits in our office, listens to us on the phone, looks at what we're doing on the computer, takes notes. He's been in the business now about 60 days and he's phenomenal. He knows all the different loan programs. He can talk to customers. So be a sponge. You know, you got to work really hard. You know, he went home last night at 6.30, and that was the earliest he's gone home since he's been here. Every other night, it's been 8, 9 o'clock at night because this guy's taking notes. He knows what he's doing, and he's going to crush it in this business. So I would just say be a sponge. Be open-minded. You know, don't um, – you know, try to do it your your own way, you know, listen to people. Uh, you know, I'm listening to Joel, you know, Joel said, go to a financial advisor, tell him you're looking for someone that wants to buy or sell a home. And immediately I was thinking, why would we want sell a home? But then he said for that referral, right? And so for us, if we can get a referral to a real estate agent, that thing is like gold because then we can do the loan, right? We can show them how awesome our process is. And then they start referring their loans to us. So you know, like, you know, again, you have to always be open minded and just be willing to accept others ideas, um, but try to learn as much as you can and be a good communicator, you know. So learn, learn first. So you yeah. have a slight clue what you're talking about now. Totally. Let's talk about the bulk of the people that are going to be listening to this podcast. They're going to see, ooh, Andrew Marquis. He's the guy that rose from the dust and his name is next to next to Shant's name now, right? At guaranteed rate, a great company, number two loan officer. They're going to be listening to this. They're sitting right now. They're closing maybe two, three loans a month. They're pretty much mad and angry every day. Their rates are always too high. Their ops right. are always horrible. They always right. need better software. They never stop working. They just work all the time. Every loan is a nightmare. They hate agents, okay? <laughs> they, they literally, they're just in the zone, all right, this is a very high percentage of loan officers because I'm in, I'm out there. You know what I do for a living. I'm out there all day. Um, what would you tell these people just to jumpstart? I mean, literally to just hit them with the, eh, you know, what what do they need to do right now? What does that person need to do to get out of their own way? Leave the business. No, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, right. And you know what? No. I think that's going to be going on pretty soon. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no. glasses is half full always, Joel. So you've really got to be got to be positive and be a problem solver. And I think like, again, it, it really just keeps coming back to, to communication. You know, people aren't going with Andrew Marquis because my rate's a point lower. They're going with me because I explain the process. I take the extra time up front. I actually, in some way, I give them some transparency. You know, I say, hey, here's what we're doing. Do you have any concern? You know, I just want to confirm your income is this. You're working here. You know, this is your down payment. You know, is any of that coming from a gift? Are you borrowing from retirement funds? Spend a little bit of extra time educating that that borrower so they feel like, you know what, I've already invested a half hour of my time with Andrew. I've already uploaded all my docs with Andrew. Yeah, you know, this guy's trying to give me 200 bucks off the closing costs, but I've never spoken with him before. You know, with Andrew, I have that confidence. You know, I'm going to stick with Andrew. So you really have to have a rapport, um, whether it's with the client or it's with the referral partner. It's critical that you have that rapport 
um, where they're not, no one's really choosing anyone because of rate right now, Joel. I, I tell you they're not. Do you know how you I know, translate that? Yeah. The two greatest sales techniques in the world. Everyone, everyone get a pen. Guilt and sympathy. Guilt and sympathy. You can't have either one of them without a relationship, which you just called rapport. And the right. best loan officers in the country build rapport and build relationships at 100 miles an hour. And once they've spent all that time with you and it's invested, they feel very guilty going someplace else. And that's how I yeah. explain. That's my way to explain what you just said. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, like personally, Joel, when I go to get a mortgage loan out there, I typically will do it. I won't do it through guaranteed rate just because I want to keep my information sort of right. separate. But, um, you know, all I really care about is the rate good. And are they going to do a great job with the process? I don't like if they quote me eight percent, I'm I'm calling someone else. Right. But if the rate's in the range, I at the end of the day, I, I bet you if you asked a hundred people what their interest rate is on their mortgage right now, ninety five <laughs> of them wouldn't know. Yeah. I barely yeah. even know what my rate is. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. You know, but but at the time when they're getting the house, it seems so critical. So you have to kind of sell around that a little bit. Yeah. You know? And and you know one of the other things that. You haven't talked about, and it's okay because I know you're doing it, but I want to explain it because people always – this is where I always get pushback. Okay, when, 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 a, when a loan officer calls me that I'm working with and they're upset about something, I lost another loan, classic. I lost another loan, right? And, I, and of course, I first have to investigate if they ever even had it. Usually it's they didn't. You know, Like, are you telling me it was in process, like locked and you lost it? Well, no. You know, and then I start unpacking. And what I find out almost every single time is that it's an extremely weak or cold referral. When I back all the way in, I get right there, okay? I don't hear someone say I lost a loan referred by – you know, whoever one of your best partners is, Jim Smith at Remax, whoever it is, you know, who loves sure. you, who who values what you do. Jim Smith is telling his client, listen, Andrew Marquis does not have the lowest rates and he doesn't have the highest rates. But Andrew Marquis knows what he's doing. Okay. And he whatever he tells you is gonna happen. And we're in a seller's market right now, and I know you want this house, and that's why I'm sending him to you. You don't lose those. Those don't go away. And I wanted people to hear that, okay? They needed to hear it because you've spent the time. You glossed over this. We we could be here for eight hours. You know, you said you're doing sales activity every day now in the spring market and the non-spring market two to three times a day. Let me tell everyone listening right now, this is not abnormal. I I coached loan officers that do not do as much, uh, as many units as Andrew, but close. And they all do the same thing. They are all doing sales activity every day. And someone will do it twice a day. They'll book a lunch right. at 11 and have a salad and book another lunch at 1 and do some calls yeah. in between. And they know <laughs> they, they got their sales activity. Then they go back to the heat of battle you know, sure. and they do their thing. So I just I, I want to recap some of the things because you said some awesome stuff. And if I'm, if I'm missing something that is just an Andrew Marquis thing, I want you to yeah. add it. So relationship right. is key. Okay, with the with your referral partners, spending the time up front on the file to save all the time in the back. You are not saving any time jamming them into some technology, not even looking at it and explaining nothing. Communicating throughout the file, communicating what's in your head to your team so you can get things done. Um, Sell payment, not rate. Okay, all great loan officers do that. This is what you're going to need to get in. This is your payment. What's my rate? Here's your rate. Oh, that rate seems high. No problem. You could have a lower rate, but some of these things are going to change, but let's walk through this. 
Why would you want to, you know, why would you want to do that? Okay. And by the way, for anyone that's listening, you know, this isn't chicanery or, or shuck and jive. This is just people not understanding what we do. Cause honestly, what we do is pretty complicated. There's a lot that goes into getting a mortgage and most consumers don't know. Um, move on. Huge move on. You have a loan, you know, you're never getting okay. Don't be walking. You know that loan officer. I know you know the loan officer. Where you come out of you come out of your hidey hole, right? You, to like slam your chicken salad sandwich at 100 miles an hour in the middle of the day, right, right. right? And you see the person like walking around, like eating cookies or whatever, mad. You know about one loan or whatever. That's the guy. You're like, move on. You never had that loan, right? right. Move on with it. Um, sales activity every day, huge. Everybody sales activity every day. Glass half full. That's a hard one for most people. Uh, it's huge to have that attitude. You have to have that attitude. If you don't, I personally think you'll fail. And the other thing you really talked about was rapport. And rapport kind of goes back to upfront. And I want to tie that together. You're building rapport and trust with the client. Almost every company, and I know that Guaranteed Rate has very slick technology. I know that. You guys have great technology. Along with, there's three or four other companies. You guys are all in the same bucket with technology. But with technology, if you use it the wrong way, it's like the steel ball. There's nothing warm about it. And if you just shove right. people into that technology and you're not talking to them, you can't app 60 people and close 58 loans. You can app 100 no. people and close 50 loans because 42 right. are going to go away because you never right. talk to them. So right. a big message here for everyone today listening is this guy's closing 50 loans a month and he's taking the time to talk to people, get to know them a little bit, explain things, and actually say, which, Andrew, by the way, most loan officers are scared to say this. By the way, do, do you understand this? Do you need me to explain it further? They don't want to say it because they can't explain it. Okay, so they're scared right. to say it. All right? right. But but right. but And what you talked about is being knowledgeable. You should be able to explain it. You should right. be able to say, hey, I'm not letting you off the phone you right. know, until I know that you get it because it's important to me. That you get it. Did I miss anything in the Andrew Marquis? No, I think, you know, I think the only last thing I would say is just have systems, Joel. You know, if there's some way to have a system. So, you know, I have a system how I do all my pre-approvals. You know, I have templated emails. I have systems for how I do the pre-approval. I then have systems once that offer gets accepted. You know, how do I respond? They say, hey, my offer got accepted. I have a templated email response to that, which lays out some options, and then we set up a call. So have all those things kind of Anyone like can do this, right? You can be closing Anyone, two loans a month just, and have a system, right? This is Outlook. Yeah, this is Outlook. So just set things up so that it's it's just bing, bang, boom, and you know what you're doing so that not everyone you're doing a different thing. And you're, you, know, you get on a system and you sell with conviction, you know? Sell with conviction. Yeah. I love that. All right, so I always yeah. have to ask this question, you know, of everyone yeah. – Favorite food? Uh, let me think here. Probably pizza. Pizza. <laughs> cliche, but I, I like mean, pizza. you're up there. What kind of pizza? What do you put on it? Um, pepperoni. Uh, you know, green pepper. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's it's important for me to know this right now because in between yeah. the other podcasts, they brought me some food, but they really wouldn't let me eat it because I was actually, busy. You know what? I, so I'm dying I'm right now. I, but I'm going to say sushi. Actually, I'm going to sushi. sushi. Okay, sushi. let's go. What is it? Salmon skin roll. So I just had I lunch. Mean, uh, I just had spicy tuna roll, avocado roll. That's good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Call up Eric Douglas, who okay. I know you know. Yeah. And I went to a sushi restaurant in um uh what's the big town starts with the N. Um uh Newton. Newton in Newton. Yeah. And and uh we walked in there and I walked in there with him and Evan. Right? Which <laughs> means which means you know that I felt like literally a two year old. 
small Joel that day. Tiny Joel, okay? And they put us at a six top for the three of us, and we covered the table. I don't know the name of this place, but it was some of the best sushi I ever had in Boston. You probably know what I'm talking about, but I don't know the name, but it was incredible. So listen, thank you so much. For, uh, for coming on. Love to have you back anytime you want to come back. Um, for look forward me. to seeing you when I'm up in, uh, up in your city in a couple months. And uh, sorry about all the technical difficulties. Uh, for those of you that don't know the backstory, Andrew Marquis, whose hourly rate is, I don't know, 5000 an hour, spent five hours setting up this camera <laughs> so, you all can, so you all can see him while I'm talking to him. So right. we really appreciate that. All right? Thanks so much for having me. Have a good one. Great. Talk great to YouTube. you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.